We turn this morning to the Gospel of John, chapter 20, and we read verses 19 through 23. In John, chapter 20, we begin at verse 19. So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any... Their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. Let's pray. Father in heaven, these are words that you have given by your Spirit, your Holy Spirit. And we believe, Lord, that your word is truth. We pray that you would sanctify us, Lord, in this truth today. I pray, Lord, that the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight. Lord, teach us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was growing up back in another, I was thinking about it, not not just another decade or another century, but another millennium. In the 1960s, way back in the 1960s, there was a peace movement in our country. Those of you who are as old as me, remember that, or older than me, it was a time when young people in particular were uh, protesting the Vietnam War. And we know there's nothing wrong with the desire for peace in this world. Nobody likes war. But I discovered that many in the so-called peace movement really had no idea what real peace is, nor how it can be obtained. They could not understand how people just couldn't seem to get along. Well, there's a reason why people just can't get along. And the scripture answers that question why. They don't have peace within. They don't have peace with God. And as a result, they don't have peace with one another. They fail to realize that the absence of peace is a spiritual problem. And only Jesus whom the Bible describes as the Prince of Peace, can give real and lasting peace. The answer isn't complicated. It's found in Jesus. That's where real peace is found. And when we experience that, I'll tell you what, it changes our relationships in a very wonderful way. There are three things we need to see in our text about the peace that Jesus gives. The first thing is this. The presence of Jesus brings peace within. The presence of Jesus brings peace within. Our text describes a meeting that took place on the evening of that first Easter Sunday. Jesus had already appeared to the women at the tomb. He had already appeared to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. He had already appeared to Mary Magdalene 
John had already seen the evidence of the empty tomb. But what does John tell us in verse 19? In spite of all of this, verse 19 says that the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Fear of the Jews was a common thing in those days. In fact, John mentions it uh, quite often in his gospel. When Jesus went to the Feast of Tabernacles in John 7, verse 13, it says that no one was speaking openly of Him. Why? For fear of the Jews. When Jesus healed the blind man in John chapter 9, His parents were asked, Well, how was your son healed? Here's what they said. We say, we we know that this is our son. We know that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we don't know. Or who opened his eyes, we don't know. They knew. So they said, ask him. He's old enough. He's of age. He can speak for himself. And then John adds this verse, uh, John 9.21. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone confessed Jesus to be the Christ, he was booted from the synagogue. Fear of the Jews. John 19, verse 38. There was a man by the name of Joseph of Arimathea. He was the one who gave his tomb for Jesus. And John 19.38 says, After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but a secret one for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. So you see that over and over again, that, that people were impacted because of their fear of the Jews. And that's what we find then with the disciples of Jesus on that first Easter Sunday. In spite of all the evidence of the resurrection, they were hiding behind closed doors because they were afraid. Now, it would be easy to criticize the disciples for being afraid, I suppose. But put yourself in in their shoes. Jesus had repeatedly warned them that there would be a cost to follow him. John 15, 20, Jesus said, If they persecuted me... They'll persecute you. John 16, verse 2, An hour is coming for everyone who kills you will think that he is doing a service to God. What had they just witnessed? The crucifixion of Jesus just a few days before this. So you can understand why they were afraid. I think maybe some of us would have been a little fearful too, right? They had seen Jesus crucified. Are we next? (laughs) And so they were hiding behind closed doors. How did Jesus deal with their fear? Verse 19, we see how Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when they realized that it was Jesus, verse 20 says they rejoiced. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands And his side, the disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So it was the presence of Jesus that brought peace to his disciples. The circumstances hadn't really changed, had they? The threat of the Jews was still there. And it wasn't going to go away. 
But Jesus brought peace. Peace be unto you. So here's the, here's the lesson we need to learn. Peace isn't found in the absence of trouble. If that were the case, what would our lives be like then? Peace would come and go depending on the circumstances of life. Peace is not found in the absence of trouble. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus. And if Jesus is present with us, as He says in the Great Commission, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the very end of the age. Maybe that should make a difference in how we live our lives, right? If Jesus is present with us. In John 14, verse 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you. And so what is our response then? Jesus says, Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Why? Because I give you peace. And I leave it with you. I don't take it away. We read from Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, the peace of God that surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? It surpasses all comprehension. You can hardly explain it. It is, it is a supernatural work of God that is beyond our understanding that God can give peace in the midst of the storms and the turmoil of life. Now, I suppose it would be easy for us to say, well, of course they had peace. Jesus was standing right there. And He was there uh, physically present with them. But we have the promise that Jesus is with us. He dwells with us by His Spirit. He is with us wherever we go. And besides that, we have His Word that gives us peace. Richard Lenski says this, the first word that Jesus spoke is one of greeting, peace to you. He says, but this common form of greeting, meaning only a kindly human wish when spoken by ordinary lips, means infinitely more when spoken by the lips of Jesus. And he says this, as the person, so the word. When Jesus says peace, he actually gives what the word says. I like that. We might say peace to you. Can I give you peace? I don't think so. But when Jesus says peace be unto you, he actually gives what the word says. You don't believe me? Mark chapter 4, verse 39. When Jesus calmed the troubled sea, what did He say? Peace, be still. What happened? The sea became calm, right? So with that Word of His, He brought peace. And so we go to the Word of God and we stand on the promises of God. What does the, what that result in? He gives us peace, right? There's power in His Word. So when Jesus said, peace be with you, he gave them his peace. 
So there's the first thing. The presence of Jesus brings peace within. He calms our, our troubled hearts. The second thing we notice is that the wounds of Jesus bring peace with God. The wounds of Jesus bring peace with God. After Jesus said, peace be with you, verse 20 says then that he showed them his hands and his side. And certainly one reason he did that was to show them that it was, it was he who had, who had died and, and raised to life. Here's the evidence. Look at my hands and my side. It, it's actually me. It's not a spirit. It's not a ghost, you see. Luke says in Luke 24, verse 39, Jesus said, See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And so the wounds on Jesus' body gave evidence of the, of the crucifixion, proof to his disciples that it was really him. I think there's another reason that Jesus showed them his hands and his side. Those wounds reveal another kind of peace that we desperately need. We need not only peace within, but we need peace with God, don't we? Why is that? We need peace with God because by nature we are not at peace with him. The Bible makes it clear that by nature we are at war with God. And you tell some people that and they say, well, wait a minute, I'm not at war with God. If you're not a born again believer, you're at war with God. Romans 5 verse 10 says that we are enemies of God. Romans 8 7 says that the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 3 says that we are by nature children of wrath. So something has to be done to reconcile us to God. Someone had to bring peace between sinful human beings like us and a holy God. And how did that happen? We know it happened through the cross, right? Where Jesus became that bridge whereby sinful human beings like you and me can have a right relationship with a holy God. We were reconciled then to God through Jesus' death on the cross. The price that He paid for us gives us then a right relationship with God. We have been reconciled through Jesus. Richard Lenski says, Here Jesus shows the disciples the very price at which He bought their peace. His pierced hands, his riven side, the evidence of death by crucifixion. He goes on to say, these holy wounds proclaim that God is at peace with us. They are the seals which attest this objective peace. The peace thus pronounced upon the disciples by Jesus is an absolution. They had fled when Jesus was betrayed. They had given up their faith. But peace to you, extended by these pierced hands and this pierced heart, takes all their guilt away. So Jesus showed them His hands and His side, not just to prove that it was Him, but to prove something more important than that. That God has made peace 
with us. And we can have peace with Him because of Jesus. Peter was one of those who heard those words that day. Listen to how he describes what Jesus did on the cross. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, it says, And He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by His wounds. Peter says, we are healed. It must have stuck in his mind that day. When Jesus said, peace be unto you, then he showed them his wounds, evidence of the cross. And Peter said, aha, I get that. It's by his wounds we were healed. It's by his death on the cross that we have now peace with God. In Romans 5.1, Paul puts it this way, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's a thing called peace within, but then there's peace with God. And that's our relationship with Him. And it's so good to not be at war with God. It's a battle you're never going to win if you're at war with God. Outside of Jesus, you're at war with God because your natural mind is, is hostile towards Him. But when you come to Jesus, then there's that peace and that relationship. So the presence of Jesus brings peace within. The wounds of Jesus brings peace with God. And there's a third thing we learn here. And that is this. The commission of Jesus brings peace for others, right? The commission of Jesus brings peace for others. If you look at verse 21, you will notice that for a second time, Jesus said, peace be with you. And it doesn't appear that Jesus is saying this again to comfort them because verse 20 says they rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And so this message of peace, this second message of peace, really seems to be connected with the, 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 the end of verse 21. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. In other words, those who have peace with God, we who know Jesus as our Savior, we are commissioned, right? We are sent ones to go out and share this peace with those who don't have it. For those who don't know who Jesus is. One author says this peace is not merely to fortify the hearts of the disciples amid all the enmity and hatred of the world. He says they are to be possessors of the Lord's peace because as his witnesses and messengers, they are to dispense this very gift of peace in a peaceless world. So what do we learn? The possessors of peace are to be dispensers of peace. We are to offer to others what we have experienced in Jesus. Maybe a silly illustration. You know those little Pez candy things? You know, where you, you stick those little candies in and you press the weird uh, head on top and, and then uh, it 
I don't know, does it spit out a candy, you know? They call it a Pez dis dispenser. Well, in order to dispense Pez candy, you've got to have candy in it, right? So, as we possess the peace of God, and then Jesus says, you know what? You've got to go out and share that. I'm commissioning you to do this. Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, now I'm sending you. You are commissioned to share the good news of salvation. Some of us share it here in Maple Grove, Plymouth, Champlain, Rogers, wherever you live. Some share it in Madagascar, some in Africa, some in Brazil. But if we've been given that gospel of Jesus, we have a commission, don't we, to share it. The disciples clearly understood that it's the gospel that brings peace. Acts 10, verse 36, Peter says that the word that God called him to preach was peace through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 6, 15, Paul says the gospel is the gospel of peace. <laughs> peace. So it is the gospel that brings peace with God. Because through the gospel, we are forgiven. Through the gospel, what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross becomes our personal experience. And we can thank God for that. When someone has peace with God, and they experience that peace within that passes all understanding, that's what brings peace in relationships. Ephesians chapter 2. Listen to what Paul says. For he himself, Jesus, is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the, the barrier of the dividing wall so that in himself he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace. And that he might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross, by it having put to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who are near. Who is he describing there, the two into one? In the context, he's talking about Jew and Gentile. They were not buddies, okay? <laughs> they, they had a, a, a bitter... Uh, hatred for one another. And to think that God could bring together Jew and Gentile through Christ, bring peace, make them one body, as my grandpa would say in his Swedish brogue, that's a miracle. <laughs> if you didn't get that, that's a miracle. It absolutely is. Why is there not peace in this world? Because the Prince of Peace. This has not been embraced by the world. Only Jesus can bring that lasting peace. Because only Jesus can solve the greatest need we have, and that is to have peace with God. But something happens. Something wonderful happens. When you come to know Jesus Christ, how relationships change. God unites the two into one. So if you want to be involved in a peace movement, the peace movement that has eternal value, this is it. Proclaiming the gospel of peace 
pointing others to the Prince of Peace, Jesus. And see what God does, right? As we share that gospel of peace. There's an encouraging thing for us in this. And that is, as we go out commissioned to share the gospel of peace, we have the promise of God's Holy Spirit. In verse 22, after he had said, as the Father sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Why did Jesus give them his spirit? Acts 1.8 But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall glory in that gospel and just keep it all to yourself. No. And you shall be my witnesses. Beginning in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. And then what? To the remotest part of the earth. The uttermost part of the earth. When the day of Pentecost came, God poured out His Spirit on the church. His people were empowered exactly as Jesus said they would be. They started in Jerusalem. They went into Judea and Samaria. And they began the process of taking the gospel to the remotest part of the earth. And that is going on today as well. Right? So what did God do? He took fearful men. Right? Weak men. Sinful men. Proud men. I mean, you look at the the picture given of these disciples and, and sometimes you wonder, Lord, did you make the wrong choice? Look at these guys. He did not make the wrong choice. Because they're no different than we are. Needy, sinful, doubting people, but God chose them. God equipped them. God filled them with His Spirit. And He took these fearful men that were hiding behind locked doors. And the book of Acts says they turned the world upside down. They turned the world upside down. So, let me ask you today, are you hiding in fear? (laughs) Are you afraid to let your light shine? If you are, guess what? You're just the person that God can use. Right? Jesus will meet you in your fear, just like He did those disciples. He will fill you with His Spirit, just like He did those disciples. And He will use you to bring the gospel of peace to a world that really does not know what lasting peace is. Let's pray. Lord, give us that power that You gave to those fearful men. Fill us, Lord, with Your Spirit. Help us to proclaim that there is no real peace apart from Jesus. The presence of Jesus brings peace within. The wounds of Jesus brings peace with God. The commission of Jesus brings peace to those who need to hear of your saving work on the cross for their sins. Lord, thank you for that peace that only you can give. And as we are possessors of peace, help us to be dispensers of peace to a needy world. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.